With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Before we get started today, folks, I just want to share a tweet with you. It's from Chris Gurl. Yesterday, I tested negative, went to the match, had an amazing time. I'm double vaccinated and had my booster last week. This morning, with no symptoms, I've tested positive. If anyone was sat in block L10 around row 33, you should probably get tested. So if anyone was in that vicinity of Anfield last night, to be fair, if you were at the game at all last night, I would suggest going and getting tested because it is highly transmissible and there is just the off chance that you may have, have uh, caught the, the COVID last night. So do get tested and stay safe. Liverpool 3. Newcastle United won. The Reds lined up with Allison in goal. Trent, Joe Matip, Ibrahima Kanate, and Andy Robertson in defence. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Jordan Henderson, and Thiago Alcantara in midfield. Mo Salah, Diogo Jota, and Sadio Mane up front. Now, the assumption going towards the game was that Virgil would start and that Fabinho would start. Both of them have had positive COVID tests, as has Curtis Jones. So they're waiting to hear back whether they're false positives or actual positives. Nobody else in the squad allegedly has tested positive. I think it's very good that the club have been as transparent as they have, naming the players, saying exactly how many cases they have. Whereas you look at the other clubs that have been involved, there's been no real mention of who the players have. Chelsea hadn't announced that they had any COVID problems. And then you saw their team yesterday and it turned out they had quite a few. Newcastle lined up with Dubravka in goal. Back four of Mankio, Charles, Lachelles and Jamal Lewis. And five across the middle. Murphy, Hayden, Shelby, Jolington and Frazier. And then sit Maximum up front on his own, looking like a lonely figure. They had been playing 4-4-2. Howe decided that the best thing for him to do was to pack the midfield. And let's be fair, it didn't work at all for them. Liverpool dominated the game. 75% of the ball, 23 shots, 8 on target. Toon had 5 shots, 3 on target. Their best playmaker on the night was Thiago Alcantara, who was at fault for their opening goal. He gave the ball away. They broke. Kanate does really well in the first instance. 
It's a bad cross into the box. Thiago has worked his way back into our box. Should do much better. It's a really weak sort of blocked clearance that falls to Shelby on the edge of the box. You'd like to ask why there were no other players in a red shirt on the edge of the box. Why no Liverpool midfielder was there to press John Joe Shelby or challenge him for the ball. But Shelby got the ball with a ton of space. And to his credit, he scores a tremendous goal, beating Alisson from 22, 23 yards. There was no real time for panic, no real need to be worried. Liverpool equalised on 21 minutes. Now, there's some controversy over this goal. It's a Reds corner. Kanate jumps. Three Newcastle players jump with him, such as the sheer size of the man, that three of them jump with him. Isaac Hayden and Fabian Schaar end up on the floor. Schaar loses his legs as he jumps. I don't know what happens to him, but he has a kind of a hard enough fall and lands square on his back. Hayden kind of got sandwiched between a few players as they jumped. And he went down very much in stages. Mike Dean played on. He made the decision that there wasn't a head injury. Now, Newcastle players should have been screaming at him to stop the game, approaching him to stop the game. But Liverpool worked the ball out to the right-hand side again. A good cross into the box. Jota unmarked at the back post. Played on side by the prone Isaac Hayden. His first attempt with a header is saved by Dubravka. It drops to him and he puts it home. And it's 1-1. Newcastle are very, very upset by this. Eddie Howe has come out and said that Isaac Hayden wasn't himself for five minutes after this, that he was groggy for five minutes after this. Well, I would have to ask the question, why was he allowed to play on? When your physios went on and checked him, if he told them that in any way he was feeling groggy, he should immediately have been taken off as part of concussion protocol. They or you made the decision to leave him on, or he didn't tell them, meaning he said it after the fact, and I'm now calling him a liar, or I'm calling you a liar. There was no collision with Isaac Hayden's head. Kanate's hip caught his shoulder. Shar didn't touch him. I think it was Lachelle's was the other one that jumped. And he caught kind of his front. Nobody touched his head. Now, he may have had his head pressed between the two bodies. That's not causing a concussion. It's certainly not causing him to go down the way he did. As I said, he went down in stages. He seemed to go down in a deliberate manner to try and get the game stopped. He turned and looked at, at the ball and then decided to sit himself down and then lie down. Then he held his head. I don't believe for one second that Isaac Hayden had a head injury. The Reds went 2-1 up on 25 minutes. John Joe Shelby 
former Liverpool player, obviously, has scored his worldie. Now it's time for him to pay it back. He plays the blind pl- pass to his defender. Sadio Mane jumps on it. Mane is fouled. Somehow manages to stay on his feet. Gets away a weak left-footed shot. Dubravka saves it. It drops to Salah. And that's all she wrote on that one. 2-1 to the Reds. Salah continues this ridiculous run that he's on this season. That's now 15 straight games with either a goal or an assist in the Premier League for Mo. Um, have we mentioned that he's the best player in the world? Do we need to mention it again? 15 and 9 in 17 Premier League games. 15 goals, 9 assists. He leads the league in both. There's only 17 games played. 7 goals in 6 Champions League games. 22 goals and 9 assists in 23 games. 21 goal involvements in 1,982 minutes overall. He is ridiculous. Sorry, did I say 20? I meant 31 goal involvements. 31 goal involvements in 1,982 minutes. Mo Salah is absolutely ridiculous. There is nobody on the planet playing as well as Salah is right now. You can name whoever you want. They're not playing as well as this fella. Frankly, it's not even close. Last season, Harry Kane had 23 goals and 14 assists in the Premier League in 35 games. He led the Premier League in both. Salah is on track to blow way past both of those. Salah is on track for the Premier League's first ever 30-goal, 20-assist campaign. That is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Another moment of controversy for Newcastle fans to cry about. Ball played across the face of the Liverpool box. Ryan Frazier is running onto it as fast as his little legs can carry him. Trent Alexander-Arnold appears and makes the perfect tackle. The perfect tackle. Wins the ball cleanly. Frazier puts his foot across into Trent. Trent plays the ball. Frazier's foot catches Trent. Ball goes out. No problem. VAR spends a ridiculous amount of time looking at this, maybe trying to find a foul from one of the angles. There is no foul. It's the perfect tackle. Newcastle fans up in arms. He's gone through him. Look at this still shot to show that he's gone through him, which is a still shot taken about three seconds after Trent played the ball. Uh, Utter nonsense. He won the ball perfectly. It's outstanding defending from young Mr. Alexander-Arnold. Newcastle fans would like you to believe that there is a conspiracy against them. They'd like you to believe that referees have been against them non-stop. They lost to Leicester because of referees. I'll admit, James Madison dived to win the first penalty in the Leicester-Newcastle game. Leicester scored three more goals after that. There is no conspiracy. Newcastle are just crap. That's what it comes down to. They're the worst team in the league. Yes, Norwich are bottom, but Norwich are better than Newcastle. 
If Norwich played Newcastle 10 times, Norwich would beat them 6 out of 10. Dean Smith is a better manager than Eddie Howe. Norwich have better central defenders, better right back, left back's about even. I would rather have Norwich's midfielders, because at least they know how to pass the ball, at least they're mobile. If you're picking a front three, Rashika has to be in it. I think Cantwell should be in it. You can have one of the Newcastle two, St. Maximum or Wilson. I think Norwich are a better team. I think Newcastle are awful. I think the reason they're where they are is that they're awful. It's nothing to do with referees. Referees are not the reason your defenders can't defend. Take a quick look at the Premier League table and tell me how many of these goals that your team have conceded, of which there have been 37 all season. How many of them were the referees' fault? You've only scored 18 goals all season. Where are you being hard done by? Your goal difference is minus 19. You've won one game from 17 played. One. You beat Burnley, who are also in the bottom three. Where have you been hard done by? More crying on Liverpool's third goal. Liverpool have a free kick. Ball gets worked to Bobby. He works it back to Trent. Mike Dean clearly wasn't expecting the ball to come back to Trent and certainly wasn't expecting Trent to roll it out of his feet and approach it the way he did. Dean does what any sane person would do. He runs the direction he's facing to get out of the way of what is coming. Trent unleashes an absolute rocket from his right boot, which flies into the back of the net. And Newcastle fans would like you to think that Mike Dean blocked Dubravka's view. You could have put Dubravka, Carl Darlow, Freddie Woodman, Steve Bruce, Eddie Howe, the new owners, Kevin Keegan, whoever you want. You could have put 15 of them in the goal. And the likelihood of them stopping it would be about 1%. That is one of the best struck balls you'll ever see in your life. And Mike Dean had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that it ended up in the back of the net. To, to claim otherwise is just so very strange. Newcastle fans have taken to social media to have a cry. They don't seem to realise their team got whooped last night. The XG on the game was 2.9 to Liverpool to 0.2 for Newcastle. That's according to Michael Cayley. Others have it even higher for Liverpool. But no one has Newcastle's any higher. They created very little, if anything at all. Liverpool created a whole bunch of chances. Could have scored a couple more. They got tonked. The scoreline doesn't reflect the difference between the two teams. If that game had ended 6 or 7-1, they couldn't have had any complaints. They've got conspiracy theories running. One is that Mike Dean is a lifelong Liverpool fan from the Wirral. Mike Dean is from the Wirral. Mike Dean is a lifelong Tranmere Rovers fan. 
If you don't believe me, just Google Mike Dean Tranmere Rovers. He's not just a fan. That man is the one and only Tranmere Ultra. They want you to think his sons are season ticket holders at Anfield. The only problem with that is that Mike Dean doesn't have any sons. He's got two daughters. It's a very strange world we live in where people will say any sort of nonsense to try and excuse the fact that their team just simply aren't very good. And Newcastle aren't very good. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact. Newcastle are awful. Here's a good fact for you. If you only counted Liverpool's goals scored by Mo Salah in the Premier League this season and took away all the rest. Now, bear in mind, Liverpool have scored 48 goals this season. If you took away all Bar Salah's 15, Liverpool will be third in the table with 29 points. They would be ahead of Arsenal. Salah by himself would be ahead of Arsenal. Forget the rest. This guy is unbelievable. We'll jump around the main Liverpool websites at the moment. Um, standout defence, but should football push on? Ask. This is Anfield. Obviously, there's a lot of talk that football might get shut down. There's five games postponed from this weekend. But as things stand, our game is set to go ahead. Uh, Thiago left stunned by Trent Rocket. Four things fans are talking about after Liverpool 3, Newcastle 1. Turbocharged Liverpool see off Newcastle as Gerard S. Trent excels. Jurgen Klopp has given an update on Liverpool's COVID situation. We want to play on Sunday. Understandable. Understandable. Get the games out of the way. Don't try and backload the schedule or, or try and avoid backloading the schedule. Can absolutely see why Klopp wants it that way. Liverpool transfer gamble has paid off four times, but Jurgen Klopp knows the risk. Liverpool only have Fabinho as a holding midfielder in the squad, and against Newcastle it showed. It did show. Jordan Henderson wasn't good last night. Now, the echo gave him man of the match, but, I mean, you know, you know what they're like. Uh, Henderson careering, careening out of position just before half time and with five minutes left in the game leaving Newcastle with big open spaces to counter-attack in. Sam Maguire, if you subscribe to his Patreon, he's got a piece up today that you should probably give a bit of a read to. Uh, Liverpool plot. Premier League transfer hijack with extra £2 million to get Jude Bellingham alternative. So Kasper Kozlowski, linked with the Reds in the summer, had been rumoured to be on his way to Brighton, but it appears like Liverpool are going to jump the queue and potentially sign this super talented young Pole who played at the Euros in the summer despite being only 18. Uh, he's certainly not a Jude Bellingham alternative, not the type of player he is at all. He's been compared to the likes of Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, so, yeah, one to keep an eye on whether there's any truth to the fact that Liverpool want him or not, I don't know. But we'll keep that one on the radar. Liverpool among top contenders for Erling Haaland, as Reds ask about 59 million new Sergio Aguero. 
This is the Media Digest piece. Uh, so obviously Salah hits the latest record, 15 consecutive games. It's matched the record that Jamie Vardy set. Um, Nat Phillips' price has, has been set. I doubt it. I think that's probably a fluid situation. Eddie Howe names unstoppable Reds man. Uh, Trent. Liverpool ask about Joe Felix. I'm not sure in what way he's an Aguero. But, you know, it is what it is. And Liverpool handed quadruple Erling Haaland boost. Liverpool won't be signing Erling Haaland. His wages are far beyond anything Liverpool would likely be willing to spend on a single player. Um, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp may need to mend Zelko Buvac bond to beat Manchester City to £13 million transfer. Arsen Zakharin has caught the eye recently. His sporting director is familiar to Klopp. So that sporting director is Buvac. Um, I had wondered what it was that he was doing with himself, but he is manager of Dinamo Moscow. Uh, sorry, sporting director of Dinamo Moscow and has been since last year. I did not know that. Interesting. Zakarian's name has been doing the rounds for a couple of clubs. It'll be interesting to see if we actually do make a move for him. On Liverpool, sorry, on AnfieldIndex.com, then we have the player ratings put together by Stephen Smith. Uh, He's gone Becker 7, Trent 8.5, Robbo 7, Joel 7, Kanate 7.5. I think he was better than that. Thiago, 7. Henderson, 7. Ox, 6.5. Mane, 7. Jota, 7. And Salah, 7.5. I I think I think he's been a little bit harsh on Kanate. I thought Kanate was absolutely tremendous last night. But all things considered, I think those ratings are very much fair and in line with what the game was. Uh, there is a new Raw entitled Iceland Brodge. Uh, you'll hear why if you listen to the podcast. Um, there's also the new Nina Kauser show, which you can check out on the free side. Uh, Nina's call-in show, always good. So do check those out. And that is me for today, folks. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Spurs game if it goes ahead. If not, I don't know what to tell you. There will be a Raw after that. There'll be a Nina Kauser show as well. There will be no me or no Trev on Raw. Uh, I think the first time ever, neither of us will be on it. Um, so no Navin influence. Young Drinkle is going to take up the reins. So it is more post-match medium rare, if you will. But we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.